1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed Mortgage Banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Is the host of The Boundless Show, Lisa Anderson. Hey, Lisa, good morning. Always good to be here. Hey, guys. Yeah, well, it, we're, it's good to have you here on this day of Valentine, or well, Galentines and Palentines, and then Valentines is tomorrow. A lot of times, yeah, as, as Valentine's Day for those. Who- <laughs> yeah, we're gonna just gonna pick a letter pretty soon, become an acronym. But we are talking about love and relationships, and uh, there's a new word out, right? And it's called a situationship, and it kind of just kind of forms from this nebulous place where you're friends, but you're but you spend time together, maybe you even date, but you're not in a technical relationship. And you've got some strong thoughts and feelings about this. Well, it's like as if there weren't enough, you know, ambiguous relationships out there. We have to create another one and have a word for it. It's like exhausting keeping up, but it is very true. And this is what I actually call, you know, obviously in the culture and we're seeing it in the news, the situationship. And, and you know, for those who aren't of faith, a lot of times this is where people can interpret it as everything from just hanging out to it could be friends with benefits. It could be, well, we, we're kind of dating, but everything's on the table. You know, there's nothing really um, committed here or whatever. And so I, this is what we at Boundless often call the friendlationship, because in relationships between Christians, this is kind of where you get into that ambi- <laughs> ambiguous space of, well, you know, I really like you. And of course, I'm praying about it and I want to see what God has. But I don't want to put my cards on the table and we want to remain friends and I don't want to ruin the friendship. And, you know, you're, you're kind of trying to honor the other person, which is a good thing, but it still leaves a lot of things up in the air. Okay. I, I, I have to say, I have, I've had situationships in my life <laughs> and um, it, it, it it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult because sometimes you, you don't know where you are, but sometimes I think just friendship, when you're able to just spend time together and, and be friends and not put the pressure of marriage on it, it could almost be a good thing. Or what do you think? Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think where where it gets tricky is when you don't start out with delineating between, okay, we're just friends and here's what friends do. But one person or both people really often just kind of leave it open. And then the problem is it's very rare if two great people who are single are friends that one person kind of doesn't start developing feelings for the other person. And this is where everyone listening can kind of have this collective sigh of like, 
oh, yeah, I've been there, or I know someone who's been there. I know someone who's stuck there. And so Mm. this is where, you know, I always describe it as like Ashley and Ben are friends, and they both are, that's what they've established. They're just friends. But then Ashley kind of starts like-liking Ben. Well, Ben isn't aware of that. He thinks that they're friends, and so they hang out, and they do pizza nights together, and they know each other's Starbucks drink and they, you know, have pet names for each other and they're just kind of always there for each other. Well, you know, Ashley's just kind of biding her time because now she really likes them and she's watched every 80s rom-com. And so she's like, well, I know that after 90 minutes, he'll see what's right in front of him and realize that there's something more here. But meanwhile, they just kind of chug along and she's kind of invested a lot of herself. And so she's like, well, I got to hang in here and see what, what happens. Well, Let's say it's like eight months down the road or a year down the road and he comes back to her and he's like, hey, Ashley, what do you think of Rachel? And she's like, what? Who's Rachel? And he's like, well, that new girl in our small group. And she's like, well, I don't know. I don't know anything about her. And he says, well, I'm thinking of asking her out. Mm. Well, he has just (laughs) changed the rules of the game by saying that he's going to ask someone out. And Ashley at this point is going to do one of three things. She's either going to burst into tears. She's going to punch him in the face. Or she's going to have to go home and eat several pints of Ben and Jerry's mm. because she just realized she's in this friend relationship or situationship. And it's kind of like, you know, who knew? Because, again, mm-hmm. they hadn't defined anything. They didn't say that they weren't becoming something more. They weren't dating or whatever. And so, you know, they, they kind of let it happen. Wow. I think you just described where a lot of people have been either on one side or the other, mm-hmm. and um, and it's tricky. And I think the, the key seems to be we need to communicate more and be more open. Yeah, and um, Lisa, as you were talking about that, it just seems like the friend relationship was never defined from the beginning. And so you get into this nebulous uh, relationship with somebody, and you're spending so much time together, it's it seems inevitable that one's going to get, develop feelings for the other one. Why is the other one so clueless about the friend who's developing feelings? Yeah. Well, and it's because there haven't been any rules established, exactly what you're saying, Tom. So here's the deal. This is why even in friendship, you have to have um, some principles behind the way that you're relating to the other person. And so there are kind of two hallmarks that I always think are are super important to remember. And one is that, you know, for Christians, until that ring is on the finger, this other person is a brother or a sister in Christ, nothing more. And so you establish that and level the playing field and realize that you should be relating to that person. Now, obviously, if there's friendship there and connection, and maybe you serve together at church, you're going to get to know that person. But as far as establishing the boundaries around time and connection and intimacy and all of that, That should just be the same as the way you're treating everyone else uh, of the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. And so to that point, that kind of gets to my second principle, and that is when you are in a relationship of any kind, even if it's just friendship, the level of connection should never exceed the level of commitment. And so that's kind of something that a lot of people ignore. They think, you know, all of a sudden a girl starts liking a guy, they're just friends, but all of a sudden she's doing brunch with his mother, or she's kind of going behind the the scenes trying to forge other artificial connections to make something happen or to make something work. And just so that I'm not only bagging on the women here, guys, you have to admit that this happens to you too. The guy who becomes 
kind of the best girlfriend of someone who becomes her handyman. Maybe he becomes her Uber driver. He's her listening ear. Mm. Guys, if you're one of those guys with one of your girlfriends, you're in a friend relationship too. And so it really does go both ways. Mm, That's so interesting. And yet so common, even across ages and stages of life. Um, So what you just said was really amazing. Connection should never exceed the level of commitment. Yep. Absolutely. And that's a good rule of thumb. And sometimes this is why exactly, you know, whatever relationship you're in, or if you're hopeful, or if you want it to become something more, you're trying to make it something more. This is why we always have to be in relationship in community, Mm. because you need those friends uh, with those objective eyes on your relationship to say, no, you know, you need to pull back or you need to reevaluate this or you. I mean, here's a story, you guys. I have a dear, dear friend who actually was in one of these for seven years. Okay. Most of her twenties were spent in a friend relationship situationship because she had so much connection with this guy and was so hopeful that eventually it would turn into something. And I mean, after seven years, she's thinking this is, this has to be it because look at what I've put in and she's hanging around and she's given this guy advice on how to decorate his place and what to, you know, just kind of becoming this weird pseudo girlfriend mom figure in his life. Well, she finally got so convicted of the level of idolatry that this relationship had become in her life. She realized that she needed to cut it off. So she actually met with him and broke up from a non-relationship with a guy after seven years and it was like a divorce. It took her two years to get over this guy. Mm. And meanwhile, all these seven years, no other guys are asking her out because they think that she's dating this guy, you mm. know? So there just went almost a decade of time misspent and wasted in that relationship that ultimately wasn't going to go anywhere. We're in the middle of a conversation with our good friend Lisa Anderson talking about situationships, and you picked a great time to listen to us this morning because she's diving in deep. Yes, and this is such an important conversation because it is part of the landscape of being single today, whether you're a young single or whether you've been married before and you're back in the dating world or trying to have friendships. And uh, this concept of situationships is common. And Lisa, you were just sharing about um, wasted years. And so I want to throw a curveball in there. I think sometimes we as singles, especially as we get older as singles, we will... um, been the been cer- certain relationship rules or, or whatever not and I don't mean standards of conduct of sin sin standards I just mean labels um because we want to have and experience some of the the wonder and beauty of having a companion even if it's not going to lead to marriage and I've even talked to I did a um, an article once years ago for people over 60 who were dating majority of them said they had no desire to get married they only wanted to date for companionship that's literally all they wanted and again I think that goes back to the being able to communicate that to the other person but I don't know that I would call that less than you know like sometimes we say the ultimate is marriage anything less than that is not good or a waste But there's a lot of beauty in friendship and in having somebody to talk to and decorate your house with, even if it doesn't lead to marriage. There's it's it's better than sometimes being ultimately completely alone. Yeah. And I'm not you know, I hear what you're saying, uh, Tabby, and I don't think, you know, it's funny. It reminds me of my friend talking about her mom who had been divorced years and years ago and was a wonderful Christian woman and was in a large church out in California. And she kind of befriended this guy 
And my friend was talking to her about it. And my friend also being single was kind of trying to commiserate on singleness with her own mom. And then she finds out her mom has all these kind of like weird boyfriends. And, you know, my friend kind of felt like, man, I need to like speak into my mom's life and be like, what's this about? And, you know, they would go out dancing and they would go out and he would take her out to dinner, you know, the guy of the hour or whatever. These were all guys she met at church. And, um, you know, and then and then something like one of them did something, some work on her house, and yeah. she mentions like giving the guy a kiss, and my friend's like, "Mom, what's that about?" And she's like, "No, it's okay. It was just a friendly kiss. It was just." A... <laughs> and my friend's like, "Mom, what's a friendly kiss?" But it was one of those things, exactly to your point. That as long as both parties are feeling like they are heard as to their expectations of the relationship, and again to your point, no lines are being crossed. Nothing unbiblical is taking place, whatever. It is so true that especially um, in later years, so many Americans are living longer. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah, that's just kind of where we are right now. And you want that companionship. You want that friendship. You want that. Now, I would still advise that at whatever age, that's probably still better to happen more in smaller group settings Mm -hmm. so that you don't end up pairing off and leaving people out and it getting weird. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, yes. I mean, I think if you're honoring the other person, you're not excluding others from your lives. You know, you could probably see, I mean, I'm not sure about the friendly kisses, but everything else. (laughs) Hey, even the Bible talks about that. Greet one another with a... Holy, holy yes, holy, please remember that, that word that's right. In front. There you go. There you go. It's in there. Yeah, Tom, just, Tom can't even handle it. At this Tom, point. Tom is like shaking his head over here. But hey, I, I just think sometimes because I, you know, I'm part of singles groups and I and I see a lot of what I would call deprivation, like long term anorexia of affection and love. And mm-hmm. people then when they finally get some attention sometimes they will make poor decisions because they've they've been anorexic in their affection for so long and sometimes just kind of being relaxed with the opposite sex having friendships having fun we need that without having these strict some, something so strict like well if i'm not going to marry him i'm not sometimes we just have to relax and enjoy life right yeah, yeah. exactly and, and, and with boundaries not, no. like you're talking about yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And at that point, that's where I said, you know, like having the conversation, realizing, you know, what are, what are the expectations of both per, both people here? And really, again, I mean, that's why the friendships, the other relationships throughout, you know, cross relationships in that way are so important just so that it infuses some normalcy. And it doesn't make even older singles, you know, that you don't get to this point where you're just hoping, wishing, staring into someone's eyes, you know, being yeah. like, okay, well, can this turn into something more? I need someone to support me, you know, <laughs> desperation, yes. then you're okay. All wow. right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You're hearing the voice of Lisa Anderson kind of walking us through this whole idea of situationships and friendships and level. And what I'm understanding as we're going forward is the importance of communication throughout the entire relationship. Because what I've seen in the past, Lisa, is that say there are some friends and one person starts developing the feels, they will tell everybody else around their circle about what they're going through, but they don't talk to the person. Mm. And so that's what gets yeah. them into problems is having that conversation saying, you know, I'm just developing romantic feelings for you. Where are we at with that? I mean, could it be that simple as to actually dive in and have that conversation at that moment? 
Well, this is why I feel like at every level of a relationship, even if you are kind of just friends, if neither party, you know, if a party feels like that they need this conversation, then they have to make it happen. And it's called, you know, oftentimes in Christian circles, we call it the DTR, Mm -hmm. define the relationship. Mm. I mean, I think there has to be a common understanding of where both parties stand in this. And so, and if you don't have that understanding, you need to ask for it. Um, or you need to pull back, you know, so some people are like, well, I don't want to seem desperate or needy. So I don't want to ask, you know, it's not like we're actually dating. Well, then you need to create the tension and create the space so that it kind of moves back a notch into more of the friendship zone if it's trending towards the friend relationship situation ship. So what what does that look like? Well, in an extreme case, it looks like, you, you know, sometimes you have to actually almost do what my friend did, but maybe at a lesser level, you have to kind of break up from a friend relationship, or you actually mm. say to a person, you know, I need to know what's going on here. Is this, is this becoming something more? Or is that just me? Because honestly, I'll, I'll just be honest with you with me. You know, I, I feel like I really like you. I would like it to be something more, but if it's not, then you cannot, and here are the actual words. Like this is something to the effect of what you have to say. You can no longer have access to me in the way that you have access to me because that is not helpful for my heart and that is not appropriate for the level of relationship that I would like to be at, you know, with where we are now. It's, there's a tension there. And so you have to be honest with that person. And I'll share as an example, there was a, a group of friends of, I, of, of mine at church and I that we had to, grow, we had to break up from a group friend relationship, okay? Huh. So this is where we were hanging out with a group of guys at church but we kind of all became this buddy group that was like, yeah, you know, it was easier to just do stuff with them on the weekends because they were always available. We were comfortable with them. It was like, whatever. Well, then we realized none of these guys are actually asking us out. We all would love to be married at some point. No other guys are like breaking into this circle, you know, because we're all some weird, you know, click huh. and whatever. And so we had to just tell these guys, you know, guys, we're not going to do this anymore. This isn't just some buddy gang of like friends that, you know, we're all adults. We need to kind of break up and not do that consistent scene anymore. And we're all still friends. It worked out. They were a little bit offended at first because, again, we're providing something. We're providing companionship. We're providing something that they want. But it wasn't on, uh, you know, mutual terms. And so we had to do something to disrupt kind of that pattern. Okay, I love that. Thank you so much. And we're talking with Lisa Anderson about situationships. And we've got a couple of comments coming in. Um, One of them is just a comment. And they said, I live in Blue Ridge, Georgia. My granny was a widow who met a wonderful gentleman, which was a widower. Both were very Christian-centered people. They both had their own churches that they attended regularly. And they both wanted to be buried next to their deceased spouses. So they never got married, but they dated for about 30 years. And it was a wonderful, beautiful relationship. It and I'm just adding this. It I guess it worked for them. And then another um, listener is saying, I think if the woman is the one to develop feelings first, she's not likely to declare herself because she believes the man should take the lead. But I love what you were sharing earlier, Lisa, of just that empowered conversation. I think sometimes in Christian circles, we need to teach women we can have empowered conversations like that and declare what our standards are and just lay it lay it there, leave it there. Yeah. And then and then back off appropriately. You mm-hmm. know, if there's no if, if he's not reciprocating or if he's just like, what, you know, whatever, we're just friends. 
well, then you should be relating to one another as just friends. This, this shouldn't be like, you know, watching movies under a blanket together, holding hands, strolling through the park, whatever. Because, again, if your heart is attached and you're even going deeper in this, you're going to have a lot of heartache in the end. Absolutely. It just seems to go back to one of your principles for relationships, that the level of connection should not exceed the level of commitment. That is just genius. Lisa, thank you so much for just sharing this wisdom with us on this Galentine's Day. Yes. And Lisa, happy Galentine's. Absolutely. Happy Galentine's, Valentine's to you guys. I'm actually getting my, that small group I mentioned. Uh-huh. We're doing our Galentine's party. We're ready for it. Most of us are single, um, even those younger ones. And so it'll be fun and a blessing to care for one another, even in the midst of all this. Hey, Lisa, one of our listeners wants you to write a book. They said, does Lisa Anderson have a book? My granddaughter's 23, struggling with this relationship problem. And um, they're also trying to find her a a place where she can go, you know, just to hang out with other singles. But I think the book is, is it coming? Yeah, well, actually, the book is out. In fact, I have an entire chapter devoted to this situationship, friend relationship in the Dating Manifesto. Okay. So um, that's my book that I wrote on dating when I felt like, man, I wish I would have had this in my 20s. Uh, the church was kind of silent on this. So it's kind of a no holds barred talk through of everything I wish I would have been told on dating in my 20s. So the dating manifesto. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. And Lisa, it's always good to connect with you on Mornings with Tom and Tommy. 